If you're anything like me, you've always had a sense that there was more to life, that there was more than what you saw, what you had experienced and what you had been exposed to. I never knew exactly where this yearning, this desire came from for more. And I didn't know exactly what that more was. I just knew that there was more for me. Well, God created each and every one of us with a specific purpose in mind. And that purpose, that's your more. See, there's more for me and there's more for you. So as we journey and draw closer to God, we'll get to know him. And as we get to know God better, we'll get to know ourselves better and understand ourselves better. And that's when it all begins to work together and it will be revealed to us. We will discover what the more is that God has for us. So let's continue to journey together. And as I discover the more that God has for me, I'm confident that you too will discover that God has more for you. Let the journey continue. Welcome to More For Me with yours truly, Kat Nicole. What up, homie? What's going on? If this is your first time joining us, I love to welcome you to the studio. And if this is not your first time, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Uh, this here, the good studio, I love to call it the homie ship. This is where I love to come together with my homies and uh, chop it up, chop it up, chop it up for a little bit. Now, last week, we weren't able to uh, connect I was mommying. I had the privilege of taking my daughter to a birthday party of one of her former classmates. So it was cool to uh, embrace opportunities for your kids to uh, build uh, friendships and connections, whatever that turns into as you change schools, don't live close to people, blah, 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 blah. It was cool though. She had a great time. There's nothing like being uh, in a small space with a bunch of five-year-olds. Never know what's going to happen. It was a good time, though. Pretty decent parents there, so we were in good company. How you guys doing? What's been going on? I pray that all is well with you and yours and that you are chilling. Um, I find myself, even though I don't, I don't watch TV. I don't watch the news. I don't listen to the radio. I, I'm not up on anything. But somehow I find myself after conversing with like a handful of people saying stuff that is pretty common in culture these days. Um, this past week, I somehow picked up that stuff was real trashy. Like this is trash. But I have a couple of people who love saying the word trash. Uh, life is lifing. Math is mathing. I'm like, where do I get this stuff from? I don't know. Heard it one time and then now I'm repeating you got to be careful who you hang around. <laughs> That's not the moral of the story this week. The last time that we connected, I told you that we were going to talk about grief, um, all centered around the fact that I realized that I was continuing to grieve the loss of my dog and that it was okay to still be in the process and not to press on in my own strength, like be strong, be over it and keep it moving. And so today we are going to chat a little bit about grief, but not in the way that I initially anticipated. So um, I'll give you kind of like an introduction and uh, we'll call it like a precursor into grief. And it won't be about my dog again, but it will be uh, a little bit connected to grief and whatever. I'll stop trying to explain it and just invite you on this good homieship. So let's go ahead and uh, begin the journey. So when you look up the, the steps of grief, you're going to find some conflicting information, just like I did, right? Uh, there are between five to seven 
occasionally eight steps of grief. So when I was looking this up, I expected to find very uh, conclusive and firm information, just like hardcore data facts. Boom, it is what it is. Not so much. Originally started as five steps of grief and over time has evolved. And somewhere along the lines, um, we won't do a full timeline. Uh, there's a, a, a possibility of seven. So the five original steps of grief are denial and isolation, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Now, from the seven steps of grief perspective, it starts off with shock, which precedes denial and isolation. You still have anger, bargaining, depression. And instead of just having acceptance, you have acceptance and hope. And then that seventh is processing your grief. Now, those are steps. Now, the idea in as a, as a whole, I would say, is that there are steps to grief. Um, there is, it, it's they call them steps and not necessarily like a process, like, hey, you're going to start here, you're going to end here. It'll be over this amount of time. It's set. It looks the same for everybody. This is what you can expect. No, it's different for everybody. It's something that is uh, universally, universally, excuse me, captured in terms of what that process of grief looks like. Um, and I don't want to go deep into um these steps, I'm not about to give you definitions. Like this is not what we come here for. But as I was uh, thinking about the, the steps and phases of grief and the continual process, um, something that has become very, very um, obvious to me is that there are a lot of things that I grieve in life. Some things uh, recently I am looking back towards the past, things that are being revealed and that I have a new understanding of. And I'm grieving what I now understand as the reality of what happened back then and or what is now because of something that transpired in the past. Um, it was uh, Don't Mom Alone podcast and uh, where I was first exposed to this idea, this concept that grief goes beyond like death. Like, oh, my dog died. My person in my life of importance, a significant person died and you grieve the loss of people. But that it is possible to experience loss and therefore grieve the loss or mourn the loss of almost anything. Um, <laughs> I remember back, I chuckle, it's not really funny, but thinking back when I was pregnant with my, my firstborn, I actually had uh, experienced grief during then because I had retired from work early and then I became pregnant. And this idea of being a strong, independent woman was like gone because my pregnancy was terrible. Like I did not enjoy pregnancy at all and still did it a second time. Um, but I was so uncomfortable and just uh, the, the control, I'm a recovering control freak. Like I, I didn't have control over almost anything. I didn't know how I was going to feel, what I was going to be able to do. Just like nothing. I'm just here. And I had put on quite a bit of weight. Uh, <laughs> it was in Texas. It was just hot and just, just uncomfortable. But like grieving the idea of what I thought uh, my life would look like in any given season, let alone uh, motherhood or pregnancy. So there was a grieving of the lost in terms of the reality of what was versus what I expected. Um, but that's just an example of the many different things that you can, that you can grieve. So as I'm looking back uh, and reflecting and just living life and realizing, hey, this happened, it sucks. Okay, another loss, uh, another disappointment, something to to grieve. Um, 
I actually had the privilege of having a conversation with somebody and it was kind of teed up a while ago, but recently had that conversation. And that conversation was about enduring the journey. So how am I connecting this with grief? Because we had via text, we're communicating and essentially end up talking about the valley. What do I mean by the valley? Being in a difficult season of life, uh, which we're going to call the valley, a low, in a growth season, right? There's normally some growth. I mean, you can you can fight it, but you're going to grow in some way, shape, or form when you're in the valley. Um, but it is in a, being in a season of growth and how you actually endure that portion of your journey, right? Because all of life is a journey, but the the <laughs> there's surely some potholes and uh, heels, large speed bumps that's trying to take out your car, like that type of stuff when you're in a growth season. So how do you endure it? And uh, the person had pointed out that, you know, people will tell you about the other side of their growth season. Like you'll hear things like, I just made it through a season of growth. I was in a valley, but now that they're out of it, they're all smiles and giggles and Ooh, God is good testifying testimony. But what about that? <laughs> the time in between the start and end of that growth season or that valley experience, how do you endure that? And what does that look like? And the reason why I'm connecting this to grief is because like generally you might uh, have a mountaintop experience, really be like being a really good place. Like just things are great. Two thumbs up. Give me more of this. And then things take a turn and you hit the valley or it's a, it's a, it's a growth season. You're just being stretched and you're uncomfortable. Um, so it, in that sense, uh, there's a certain, <laughs> a loss of what you were appreciating the good old days, um, and, or just being comfortable. Um, so connecting those dots, I want to talk more just about how do you endure the journey? And I realized that much like the young lady I was talking to, I didn't hear a lot about people going through their growth seasons either. Now, um, unknowingly, I mean, I won't say unknowingly. I know that I'm being transparent about what's happening in my life, but I didn't realize that um, I was doing it and being different than what I've experienced from other people. It just this is where God called me to in this season. And I will share you stand in front of me long enough. I'm going to talk and <laughs> I will end up sharing something that you probably didn't ask for. And you may not care about, but it's just about transparency. So if you see me, I'm not going to be like, Hey, things are great. Life is awesome. I might give you one of these random life is life in, and today is trashy. Um, but I'm still here. God is still good. Right. Cause it could be worse or whatever have you. Let's not walk through the pretend scenarios, but I'm, I'm going to give you a bit of the reality of like, hey, I had a real rough day. I don't understand why this keeps happening to me, but you know what? I'm going to keep pressing on. Um, but what does it, how do you make it through the valley, through the growth season? And there were just a few things that I shared and I, I was trying to, and, and I'll share with you here today. I basically, from a spiritual lens or a spiritual perspective, I try to dumb it down as much as possible. People be fancy at times. The footwork, the words, the concepts that you're understanding, you're learning. I'm like, I want, in the words of Robert White, put the cookies on the bottom shelf. 
I'm not trying to climb up the tree and get the this, this stuff off the top. I'm like, no, 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 no. Low hanging fruit. Let me grab that and keep it moving and trying to understand. And there are a couple of things that I'll throw out there that I shared with her um, that I think are valuable to us on our journey because everything won't always be good for us, right? Because we understand that everything that we face in life is an opportunity to become a better version of ourselves. And while there are good things that are going to happen, you are guaranteed to experience some bad things, some negative things, some things that you do not welcome, you don't want more of, but you do have to endure. And so, um, one of the things that, and we've talked about this before, but let's put it all in uh, on one plate here and um, and enjoy and indulge in this dish. But your perspective, your perspective during the journey is going to change your life. You can have a positive outlook or a negative outlook, regardless of what's going on. Good things happen. And there's somebody who can spin that good thing and tell you why it's terrible. Bad things happen. And there's somebody that can spin that thing and tell you why it's good, why it's okay. And why they still have a reason to celebrate and praise God. I believe, uh, well, my desire is, um, and I pray for you, is that you're able to look at a situation. You're able to experience a situation and see God. The Bible encourages to seek God with our whole heart. Seek him first and his righteousness and all the other things will be added unto you. And so it, it it doesn't, there's no, there's no, um, there's no sub point telling you that, Hey, for when, when things are great, look for God, right? It just says, seek God first and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. Seek God first. God wants to be first. And so no matter what's going on, can you find God? Can you see God? Not in the way that you expected him to show up, but just that you look for God. There are times when, <laughs> like literally, um, driving to school with my children, and there's an experience and or they may be at it, not having a good morning or liking each other or feeling what I'm trying to get them to do in our morning routine, whatever the case may be. And it's very frustrating. But then they might say something or see something. So let's say it's a morning where mommy's getting the business, right? Like they're not feeling me that particular day. And I'll be frustrated, but I'll just go ahead and be silent for a little while. And then I hear something in their exchange with each other. And it might be sibling love or one of them schooling the other about something or making sure they draw something to their attention. Like, look how cool this is. And it just reminds me of God. Like, oh man. That's pretty awesome that they love each other. They hate on me right now, but they love each other. And that's something that's really important to me, that they would have a deep sibling bond. I love my siblings, but but to have a, a deep sibling bond that is not forced by your parents, but that you genuinely love the, the friend that God blessed you with in the form of a sibling. So little things like that, right? That you are literally just looking for God in everything. Is it? Is it the example of, man, there was a diagnosis. I had a scare. There was a mass that was found in my body during one of my annual exams. Wow, that is something. But can I look for God in that? While at my annual exam, true story, right? That um, at the OBGYN, that the, I think Tecma, she's like the nurse practitioners. I, I like her better than the actual OBGYN at this point. I'm not having any more kids. So let me just hang out with the nurse practitioner. I think that's Tecma or title. If not, I didn't say her name. So shout out to her anyway. Um, but 
literally that she's paying attention enough and engaged across the year, right? I don't come in here every week to see her to say, hey, something's changed and it's different in your body. Let's explore this more and make sure that there's nothing going on here that we need to take aggressive action towards. Like that's, that's literally something to celebrate, even though there was um, a mass or growth in a mass that was identified that I had the opportunity to praise God because the dots can be connected and this can be explored before it becomes something that is on a whole nother level, right? Even in that situation, yes, it can be scary. Yes, it could have ended up worse, but then there's still an opportunity to see God moving and to be thankful to him, no matter what it is that you're facing. So your perspective and being able to see God in everything, even the things that aren't going the way that you desire. Um, it takes a different level of maturity and it takes a different level of focus. Um, I love to, um, to, to, to focus and, and the, and the way that I, I like to coin it is that you want to not be me centered, but you want to be God centered. So if you remove yourself from the center, this becomes much easier to do, to see God in things. If it's all about me, then I, I'm not going to see God. I'm not going to easily identify God and how he's in the midst of everything and that he's literally with me and has not left me nor forsaken me. Um, so to be able to keep God at the center of everything, not a person, not you, not your spouse, not your children, but to keep God at the center, that focus will allow for you to more easily identify that God is everywhere even in the painful things, even in the uncomfortable things, even in the great things that God literally is there. And you can acknowledge his presence and praise him and thank him for being faithful and who he said he's going to be. So there it is. Your perspective is something that will shift your experience, being able to see God in things. Another thing um, I believe that you want to do or that is important to enduring the journey, the growth season and or valley, if you will, is to realize where your strength lies. There are two things that come to mind. Um, the scripture saying that the joy of the Lord is my strength and that it was because of the joy that was set before him that Jesus endured the cross. I would encourage you to take some time find those scriptures and meditate on them. I definitely believe that they're connected, that the joy of the Lord is my strength and that for the joy of the Lord, Jesus endured the cross. The joy of the Lord is my strength and that the joy of the Lord was before. Jesus looked at his purpose, his why, and he endured the cross. Where does your strength come from? Why are you here <laughs> What has God created and called you to do, to be? How are you supposed to show up? Let that be your strength. But then the joy of the Lord, let that be your strength. That you could magnify, glorify, and praise God's name, giving him all the glory and honor out of your life. Find your strength there. So you got your perspective. You got your strength. And What's the homieship without pointing back to your community? The people that you surround yourself with, it's a common theme because this is life, man. The people that you surround yourself with along your journey, that there are times when you tire, 
It's not the first time I've utilized the example, but you think about Moses when they were fighting that battle and he was standing there when his arms were lifted that wow, they were winning. But anytime his arms came down, all of a sudden the Israelites were losing the battle. And so when he raised his arms, uh, he had two people, Aaron and was it Ur? came alongside him to hold up his arms or that he did it with a community and that that battle was won, but not because he did it by himself, but he did it with a community, a support system. What does that look like for you? Who's in your community? Who's in your support system? I think that this is something that's going to be integral in terms of your, your journey in life, whether it is a mountaintop experience or a valley, but we're specifically talking about growth seasons while you're being stretched and you're growing to have somebody who's who knows you and is there and, and, uh, you're willing to invite them into this, into these uh, more difficult and intimate spaces to say, Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. And, or they see you and know something's different and they want to support you and encourage you and that they're praying for you even before you open your mouth, but that you have that type of support, that type of community that is willing and ready to be in position. And so even sometimes labor with you doing that work. Those are very essential components of enduring the journey. And I mean, how could you not end with just keep going? That you literally just have to keep pressing. The easiest thing is to quit. The easiest thing to do is to quit. But taking the easy way out is not worth it. Like you don't reach the destination of more that God has for you. You don't become who he called you to be. You don't have the impact that God created you to have on this earth for his glory to advance his kingdom by quitting. So you have to keep pressing. While we may have sad moments, we may be grieving and mourning and there may be things that aren't happening the way that we wanted. There's sadness in this world for this world, like this world, there's sin in this world. There will be sadness, there will be pain, there will be hurt, there will be things to grieve and to mourn, but that we have to understand that life is a process and it is a journey. But how do you choose to traverse the journey and do you choose to keep going? So today, just a bit of encouragement for you guys, no matter what it is that you're facing, the highs or the lows, that you will continue to press into God and who he's called you to be. I appreciate you connecting with me here to allow for me to be a part of your community on this journey. But real talk, make sure that you're looking for God in everything. <laughs> make sure that you know where your strength lies. Make sure that you have a healthy community around you. And last but not least, you must keep going. Just keep pressing. As I talk to my homies, I'm even talking to myself. In this season, I'm committed to continuing to press on. And God is faithful. He's continuing to show up and to be my strength, to give me resources, insight, uh, revelation about, hey, this is this is where you're going in this season. This is what you need to do. Tap into this person, tap into this thing, and continue just to press. Continue to press, 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 and endure the journey. That's all for this week, guys. I pray that this blessed you, encouraged you, and that you could share it with somebody else that they too might be blessed and encouraged that nope, it doesn't all look good. It's not all sunshine, rainbows, and lollipops. However, you too can endure. Until next week, remember that God has more for me and God has more for you. Now let's get it. Take care. With everything that we face in life, both good and bad, we are presented with an opportunity to become a better version of ourselves. 
It's up to us, though, to make the time to seize those opportunities. I hope that this episode helped increase your level of self-awareness, encouraged you, and even challenged you. Now, I would like to connect further with you. There are a few ways in the show description that you can do just that. Make sure that you subscribe, like, comment, and share this episode. You can also rate and review the show. Thank you so much and continue to journey with me.